This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom, welcome to Practical Spirituality here in the Old City of Jerusalem, overlooking the Temple Mount. And please feel free to go on to YomTovMedia.club. YomTovMediaClub.com. <laughs> Join the club. Sunday night, please God. you got to help me with this, by the way. Sunday nights are our, our first club meeting. Online, Zoom meeting. Uh, I want to tell you a story. And you can feel free to join in the story if you feel you've got a better way of spinning it. You know what? I just changed my mind. This story is such a blockbuster film that I'd be absolutely crazy to put the story on a live feed. So I don't want to tell you a story. <laughs> Gee, this class is off to a great start, huh? <laughs> One of the heads of Sony Pictures waiting for me to deliver this story to him. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to say it live. The um, uh, no, no, we're 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 not doing that. Um, no story. Here's what I want to talk about. It says in the Mishnah that you should buy a friend. It says in a Mishnah, it says in the Mishnah to buy a friend. Ladies, you've got to hear the intro so you know what we're talking about. Then you can go on smoothing. <laughs> it says in the Mishnah that you should buy a friend. It doesn't make a lot of sense. What type of friend? Just a friend. Like, buy a friend. I Meaning you should have a friend, but buy, you must buy one. Now, does anyone here want to buy a friend? <laughs> I don't want to buy a friend. Like, nobody wants to buy a friend. So why is the Mishnah telling us to buy a friend? It's just a weird thing. The word in Hebrew is ukne lecha chaver. Buy yourself a friend. <laughs> Even if you got to buy it. So, have you all noticed... Now, there's a couple meanings behind it, but we're going to touch on the second one, but I'll give you the first one. Have you ever noticed that friends, unlike family, are the only people that you either keep investing or it fades away? You ever notice that? You know, if you don't put in, it just kind of gives out. And so it's weird with friends. You can love a friend so much, you can be totally connected to a friend. But if you treat them like a sibling who you can like basically ignore... If you treat them that way, it's gone. And it's just gone. And we all have relationships that have just faded away based on our lack of investment in the relationship. That's just the way it goes. And it also brings up the question of, meaning, are, are, are friends on a scale? I mean, are they on a continuum from, from like acquaintances to spouse? I mean, the like secular Israelis who don't think they need to get married anymore, they call the, the, their, their significant other, their life partner, they call them their chaver, their friend, which is kind of funny, but they do. 
And, you know, they call each other, they say, Chaverashali or Chaverashali, my, my friend. I'm like, you guys are much more than friends, man. And, but that's the term, which is really interesting. Because Why am I bringing this up? Because if marriage is just on the total opposite end of the spectrum of an acquaintance, what does that mean we have to do? What do we got to do? Invest. Yeah, we got to invest. And this is one of those things that men blow a lot, more than women. Women can blow this as well, but men blow this big time. And there's a reason why men blow it big time. <laughs> Mostly because they're jerks. But, but men feel like the fact that they made this ultimate sacrifice, meaning they sacrifice every other woman. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not kidding. Men are such jerks. But the fact that they sacrificed every woman and chose you means that they get to rest on that giant sacrifice forever. <laughs> Meaning they invest. That was the investment. It's over. You know, like from now on, you're like a flower on the wall or something. You know, it's, it, but seriously, a lot of men, men joke about this part of men's jokes when we're having beer. <laughs> It's sad. And, and these aren't men with bad relationships. But they're involved in some kind of uh, maintenance that they're rolling their eyes about. Because they made the sacrifice already. They feel they're done. I think, and I'm not sure, but I would guess that women know better. <laughs> women know better that a relationship is something you water. It's a plant. It's watered. It needs sun. Meaning that's going to be FaceTime. Water's going to be all the other languages of love, which are, you know, gifts and words and touch and, and uh, service. You know, it, it needs watering. FaceTime's only one language of love. That's the sun. And so women kind of know that, but <laughs> men are, <laughs> are creeps when it comes to this stuff. And, and so the men have to realize that relationship, yes, you made that giant sacrifice, yashar koyach, good going, like fabulous, you know. It is a big deal. So like you get your applause. In fact, we're going to throw you a whole wedding and give you a ton of attention for an entire night, you know, for having done this. But day two, start watering the plant. You get that? Start watering the plant. And then there's another thing, is that different people, this is the other, I said there were going to be two items here. There's an, and, and by the way, we haven't even gotten to part two of what it means to buy a friend. But we're still in part one of that. Just giving you the outline. But there's another part of that, and that is that different people have a different reserve tank for having been tended. Different people have a different reserve tank for having been tended. Meaning, meaning if you're, let's say you and I were friends, and you like took me out for lunch... So my reserve tanks are really easy to fill and they are, they're not very leaky. And so, what's your name? Shmuel. Shmuel buying me lunch. That would probably last in our relationship. Meaning in that investment, that would probably last, I would say nine months. <laughs> Meaning zero contact. I will feel this. I will feel the way I felt about him as I was eating my whatever omelet sandwich. And eating the salad and drinking my, you know, lemon nana, you know, ice drink. 
the way I'll feel about you for having taken me out to lunch will probably seriously last nine months. I'm not very leaky. When someone does something towards me, it, it just has a lot of staying power. It just does. And when my wife sends stuff my way in all the five languages of love, it's good for not, you know, it's, obviously it's a different level of relationship, so it's, but it's good for a while, quite some time. Other people are quite leaky. Other people are quite leaky. They require a constant refill. And here's the thing. I'm going to go out on a limb with this, and I don't know if it's 100% true, but I have found it's helpful in my own marriage, my own life, is to treat your spouse like there's no bottom. <laughs> there is no bottom. Not like it's like a strainer with holes. Not like it's leaky, meaning it, there is nothing there. So, meaning every morning, start again. Every morning, start again. Now, I don't practice what I preach because I only discovered this like a month ago. And I've been more in airplanes, I think, than on Earth lately. And so, and which means not seeing my wife so much. And uh, she's now shopping with our bride. I have a, we have a, a daughter getting engaged, getting engaged, getting married. And uh, so now we're on the shopping part, which is just unbelievable. You realize that when a girl becomes a bride in the observant community you automatically drop $15,000 in department stores and stuff. Why? Because she needs an entire new wardrobe for weekdays, and she needs not just one Shabbos outfit, but she needs Shevabrachas. We do seven uh, days and nights of parties, and she never wears the same outfit twice during that entire week. And these are the fanciest outfits you could possibly wear. To these each of these events, and each one's with a pair of shoes. That's you understand. There's not she will not have the same pair of shoes twice. And because we live in the wonder wig world, the wonder wigs are are um, I don't know how much this is in dollars, but fifteen hundred shekels, fifteen thousand shekels. How much is fifteen thousand shekels in in dollars? How much yet? $4,200? Yeah. And, and don't forget, weekday and Shabbos. Weekday and Shabbos. So, you understand? This is like, it is hardcore. This is your daughter? Or she's... Yeah, and you still haven't hired a photographer or a band or... You understand? And what kind of job do you have to have? And what if you have five daughters? Like me. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to hear the crazy thing is every single kid I know people who married off I know people who've married off 14 children injuries and 14 children and bought a home for each one and the guy's a rabbi with nothing where do they get the money where so when you so you can go interview them you can go interview them these people are easy to interview, by the way. These people are easy to interview. When you interview them, and they don't remember the stories so much, but every single one was another crazy story. Where, where it came from. And I'll tell you, though, you want to know the secret, because it's a secret It's a secret you should all know so that you can have a powerful life, is that God favors committed people. Now, when you only have 1.2 kid. And you can afford them, which means you probably can afford them to be just like, 
you know, smoking cannabis at 38 years old with like long hair playing video games in their bedroom that still looks like a baby boy's room. Because <laughs> you can afford that. And meaning, meaning you don't have an end in a world where you don't marry off kids. You know, they, they go to college, they get jobs, you know, they eventually like get enough money that they're on their feet that they finally turn around one day to get married. They, in other words, the parents have no exit plan. But when you have six kids, eight kids, 10 kids, 12 kids, 14 kids, you must, I don't care how rich you are, you need an exit plan. You have to have an exit plan. And what's your exit plan? Your exit plan is they're going to get married. Every one of them. And at a, at a certain age, there's a cutoff. And so you may ask, well, how are they going to get ready? How do you know the kid's ready by that cutoff? Every kid's different. And the answer is that human beings, psychologically, when they have deadlines, they cram. As you've all crammed for every deadline you've ever had. And there's such a thing as emotional cramming and, and growing in a cramming fashion because you don't have a lot of time left and therefore you're going to have to grow up. Mm-hmm. And it works. I promise you it works. Even the most immature child grows up very quickly when that date starts to loom in the distance. They grow up real quickly. They still go through the same process anyone else would, but it just speeds up a lot. Yeah, just speeds up a lot. Now, um, um, we're going to pause this class for a moment because I realized that um, that the um, Rabbi, what should I do? I'm, I'm like no nowhere in this. Not that I know. That I know. So they they're going on tunnel tours. This whole gang of people. Oh, you are? Okay, great. So, I think what we're just going to have to do, and it's my apology, is part two is going to have to be manana on, on where we're at. I mean, we got, we got so much ground to cover on this, sub, this subject. Um, but, but just so I don't, because I did say there was going to be a second part of it, just to tell you in a nutshell, is the second part, one part is you got to invest or it drifts away. And the other part was that when you invest in anything, you don't want to lose it. When you invest in anything, you don't want to lose it. You get that? Mm-hmm. Like someone, you'll see people in a dying business keep investing. You're like, idiot, you know, like rule number one in business, cut your losses. When you see the things going down, don't add money. But people just, it gets the better of them. They don't want to lose it. And so when you invest in relationships, you less are likely to do anything that could help, that could risk losing it. The more you invest, the more you want to maintain it because you put a lot of you into that, into it. In other words, you need a strong downside to get close to somebody. There's got to be a big downside. And the thing I was going to talk about, I'll talk about maybe tomorrow, <laughs> right, is, uh, is that I'm wondering if the downside of... of Relationship? No, the downside of having to face your maker. I Meaning we're all going to sleep in the bed we made. We all know deep down 
there's no way all these random choices we make, which seem to have no repercussions, don't have repercussions. It just doesn't make sense unless God's got a sixth sense of humor. Could it be that that downside is the same exact thing in all relationships, that you got to have a downside, you got to have a risk to have closeness? And people actually would rather not have a close relationship with God than deal with downside, which is scary because that's just not going to push away the downside of the responsibility of being a human being and having your soul embodied in this vehicle of yours. But perhaps that's why there's a downside to dying, is that that gives us that risk factor so that we can have a relationship with God. I'm wondering. I don't know the answer to that. I'm just putting it out there. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Tunnel Tours, thanks for tuning in. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.